When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Rich Eisen Show. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. I think Conference Championship Saturdays stink. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. There's no pageantry that feels like a college campus or the game. It just feels like a total, complete money grab. College football does not care that it takes four hours long. Today's guests. Senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. Host of Nothing Personal Podcast, David Sampson. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Yep, our number one. We're kicking this show off on the Rich Eisen Show live in Los Angeles, California on the Roku channel. Also, this terrestrial radio affiliate, Sirius XM, Odyssey, and more. We say hello to everyone out there. Might be listening later on in our podcast listenership we adore you, and we appreciate you listening to all three hours of the show. It's split up all three hours into three different podcasts, thanks to the Cumulus Podcast Network. And we appreciate anybody who listens there, Overreaction Monday. Anybody who's listening to uh, Chris Brockman and I uh, do a podcast version of that, we appreciate it. Over 100,000 downloads on our YouTube stream for that one, so we're uh, appreciative of that, our YouTube page on Monday. Uh, hit the roof. 1.4 million views of our videos uh, just yesterday alone. And we appreciate everybody who takes in our show um, piecemeal through our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show. We appreciate that. Susie Schuster and Amy Trask have What the Football coming into your podcast inbox later on today. A very special guest that they have. Uh, it's me. And I look forward to being on uh, What the Football with Susie and oh, Amy that's later why on. You're dressed so nice. <laughs> no, actually, um, what do you mean? I don't dress this nicely normally. Is what you say? It's a sweater and a and a, and a dress shirt underneath. You're so easy. <laughs> no, you, you know what? You think I'm easy. You think you know. You're so easy. No, no, no. Excuse me. To quote the great Jim Morris Sr., you think you know, but you don't know, and you never will. The reason why I'm dressed, quote, unquote, this nicely is, first of all, I respect this show. Two, two. I am emceeing a Q&A at NFL Network oh. after What the Football with Brian Rolap, who's only one of the top executives in the NFL. And I have a sport coat in my car for that to go because I'm a pro. <laughs> How about that? We just, spent, we just spent a minute on your wardrobe. No, you're the one who brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you. Hey. <laughs> 
Mike, how are you? I have no response. Good morning. TJ, good to see you, sir. You know, Rich, Chris, Mike, instead of us risking a quarterback getting hurt like last night, how about we do this? Let's stop the season now. Mm. Let's the four of us vote on the last four teams and then have them play, and let's just get this over with. Thank you, TJ. By the way, that would probably be better. It'd be the four best teams. Let's just just vote. Honestly. <laughs> it would. It would. You know what, though, it, it's 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 unfortunately part of the NFL this year um, that that quarterbacks can't stay healthy. We saw it five snaps into the Jets season, hmm. and now Trevor Lawrence is going down. We're we're kind of holding our breath here, and well, it looked and, bad. and the, it looked bad. <laughs> the 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 good news is it doesn't appear to be broken because if there was a break. You know, he would have been air casted and not, you know, couldn't walk on. You know, I mean, he had two guys ambled, the... ambled his way all the way up yeah. the um, the tunnel to the locker room last night. They said he didn't have an air cast on. Well, I mean, night. and again, or so that's not either, that's not so that's well, good. a walking boot. He apparently had a walking boot on after when he was leaving. Oh, okay. So, and and he and he was seen telling his um, colleagues. Um, what's going on with his injury and there seem to be some smiles in the locker room and again these are the metrics you hang your hat on until you get mris back you get you know x-rays back and however his reaction was the reaction of somebody who knew he got significantly hurt Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. angry slamming his helmet knowing this is not just something he could go into the blue tent and come out and play and knowing this is something that's going to last longer than this week and knowing that this is something that's going to require some form of a rehab, knowing that this is significant. And even if it's four to six weeks, right, Jacksonville has a home date with Baltimore on Sunday night football coming up in week 15, and that's pretty big. You know, they got to go to Cleveland next. That ain't easy. And Michael. and you take a look at this stuff and see here, like, is it now two teams that are in playoff positioning? The Cleveland Browns at seven and five at the sixth seed, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now the four seed that could have been the one seed had they won last night, and now it's part and parcel of the of the NFL that it's looks like C.J. Beathard versus Joe Flacco oh. in that game. And Flacco became the 53rd different starting quarterback in the NFL this year. C.J. Beathard would become the 54th. You know, if Trevor Simeon starts for the Jets, that would be 55 and so on and so on and so forth. Mitchell Trubisky is going to start Thursday night for the Steelers. It's his first start of the season. As Pickett has been hurt before and left games, but made his appointed round the next week a couple of times. And I don't know what the answer to this is and... But for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'm not going to sit here and say that their season is over because, you know, this isn't the college football playoff committee. Sorry. You know, you got your backup quarterback in Florida, so your season's over. Go enjoy some oranges. You know, but this is <laughs> this just in not good. And when we had Trevor Lawrence on last week, and I don't want to hear any uh, uh, Rich Eisen show jinx talk from any of you folks out there. Because I saw he was on ESPN sitting down too. Okay. So in advance of this game. And we were talking to Trevor last week. And the conversation with him that we had 
was, okay, last year you took a major step forward out of the Urban Meyer darkness retreat, and Doug Peterson is now here, and he was kept talking about how Peterson's a guy who, you know, treats him like men and and they love playing for him, and he has a great relationship with him, and he's got a collaborative relationship with him. And so that step forward led to a division crown and a playoff win in a game where, man, it was seeming like a lifetime of of experiences for him and Jacksonville to be down as much as they were to the Chargers and then coming back and winning that, then going into Arrowhead and getting that experience as well, right? And then this year stumbling in the beginning but winning a ton of games they were seven and one going into last game last night since october 1st that's the best record in the nfl since october 1st including gutsy wins short week on the road in new orleans with him wearing a knee brace for the first time all season and then going into pittsburgh and winning that game and then coming out of the bye and then going into houston after Jacksonville came out of their bye and taking on San Francisco, getting boat raced there, coming back, winning the game against Tennessee, and then going into Houston and letting the young Texans know, okay, you got us in our house. This is not your division. We're coming in and we're showing you we have the medal. We have the experience. Not today. Winning that battle. And I asked him about putting stamps down. And he was, he agreed. Like, this is the way they feel. They're putting stamps, markers down. And last night was a marker opportunity with the Bengals and their backup quarterback and Burrow in a sling. And they had an opportunity to win that game and be the one seed in the AFC through 13 weeks. And they could not stop Jake Browning. And they could not take advantages of Cincinnati's mistakes like turning to Tyler Boyd after Jake Browning went up top to Jamar Chase like he's Joe Burrow and like, okay, now let's let's go deep in our trick bag to have Tyler Boyd try to throw him back across the field to Joe Mixon and then Josh Allen picked him off and I tweeted out on the spot that means his two career interceptions is against Buffalo's Josh Allen and Tyler Boyd. Go figure. Jacksonville takes the lead there. And then Trevor Lawrence goes down after Jake Browning ties the game. And amidst the fog of looking at Lawrence go down and banging his helmet on the turf and needing help to get off the field and then go up the tunnel. And again, I I, I don't know, you know, I know there's, Tons of golf carts in Jacksonville, Florida. I mean, I don't know why he was. Ta- he could have refused, saying, "I want to walk to." The- I-, I don't know the answer as to why he was, you know, trudging his way up with who knows what of an ankle injury. And then Brandon McManus misses a field goal, right on the spot. They tie the game, lose it in overtime after C.J. Beathard can't do anything with the opening possession. Browning leads the Bengals down the field methodically, and then McPherson splits the uprights, and we'll talk about the Bengals in a second. Here's what Doug Peterson had to say after the game. We'll see where Trevor's at first, and um, but listen, we got 100, 100% confidence in, in CJ. I mean, he did a nice job 
you know, getting us down the field there and, and um, you know, tying the football game. Um, should have been the game-winning field goal, but it wasn't. Um, hmm. uh, but, um, you know, got a lot of confidence in CJ. And, um, you know, he's, he's a veteran player. He's played a lot of football. And um, if he happens to be the guy, then, then uh, you know, we get behind him and support him. Yep. McMahon has taken, I think, a little bit of a stray right there. Man. And if there's anybody who knows the season is not over with your backup quarterback, it's this guy. We were talking about it with Chris Long yesterday, talking about how the college football playoff committee would have, what, dispatched with the Eagles years ago. He pushed back on that notion. And I, you know, I hope we hear later on today that it's not season ending for Trevor Lawrence. As of this conversation right now, we don't know. And then, I guess, again, the college football playoff committee would have looked at Joe Burrow in a sling and saying, yeah, you're done, Bengals. And Jake Browning's raising his hand saying, I've got a ton of experience in college. You know? He didn't look all that great in his first start against Pittsburgh, but I think we're learning maybe that might be more about the Steelers' defense than anything else. Talk about a performance. I mean, we're going to be talking about this one for a long time. And I hope for his sake, it'll be just at the beginning of – a long career, obviously, I would imagine for someone else, because Burrow's coming back. He's he ain't going anywhere to use the Magic Johnson reverse. Um, he's going to be there, and just watching him throw, and watching him spin it, and watching him stay calm, and watching him push it down the field, and watching him run for first downs, and then getting it in position for mixing the score twice. And then the one that was the breathtaking one was, okay, let's go up top to Jamar Chase. Big play touchdown. Then they take the ball out of his hands. Tyler Boyd throws the interception. Now they're down. He leads them back. You know, I mean, talk about adversity that he faced in the game and talk about in the same way, you know, we were saying Jordan Love, we went high register. He kind of looks like Rodgers. Does he look like Burrow to you a little bit? <laughs> I mean, just yeah. the way that he's – his demeanor? Like, you can't tell. It's third and 15 or it's, you know, first and goal because you've just spun it all the way down the field. You can't tell the difference. Seems to have that same look about him. And in case you're wondering where did this come from, well, I guess you weren't watching in late November when we had Jordan Palmer on who was Burrow's throwing coach. He's his QB consultant. Mm -hmm. And he told us when we had him on that Browning reached out to him knowing that he's Burrow's guy and asked for some help just in case he gets the shot in Burrow's offense. Makes and sure sense. enough, this is what Jordan Palmer had to say a couple of weeks ago here. I got hit up by Jake this past offseason and ended up spending um, basically January to July with him. And, you know, it was almost week by week. I started going, wait a second, this dude's really good. Like he can spin it, his movement, a lot of this, you know, a lot of stuff that we work on like happened quickly. Well, when I looked back on Jake's career, several of the things that I look for in a quarterback, I saw in Jake. And one of them is, and this might sound silly, but at any point in this guy's career, was he like a baller? And I don't even care if it was high school. Did he like run around and make plays and like be the reason they won the game? Jake Browning threw 91 touchdowns his senior year in high school. That's a California State record at a good school in Folsom. So he was completely dominant 
in high school. And then you go look at Washington, great staff, some good receivers, all that. He's a four-year starter. I mean, he's he's almost a four-to-one touchdown interception ratio. He was offensive player of the year multiple times, won the Pac-12 two out of three years. Like, he was a great college football player, and he was making plays. I'm bullish on this. I think Cincinnati's offense is going to look really good with Jake Browning at the helm. And the other thing that backup quarterbacks sometimes do not ha- are not afforded is when you take over for a bad team that's out of it, you get bad play from teammates around you. They're in it. Statistically speaking, the Bengals are in it, and both of his receivers are in a contract year. He is going to be playing with highly motivated teammates on offense and defense. So I think he's set up to have a very successful run here. Jordan Palmer. Mm. Nostra Palmer. <laughs> he was on it. Yeah, he was. And so the question is, how does Jake Browning handle this, right? 32 or 37. Come on. Just crazy. How does he handle it, right? Is it going to his head? <laughs> this is what he had to say after the uh, contest, after he crushed it on Monday night to save the Bengals' season. Because guess what? If they went to 5-7, and seven, they would lose all contact with the group of seven and five teams. There's a, the, there's a Texan seven and five team that's not even in the playoffs right now because there's right. three others in front of them. This is what he had to say. I mean, we got, I think, two games in 12 days, so kind of got to get moving quickly. But, uh, you know, I haven't played a lot of football, but it's not like I'm not used to winning. Like, I've won a lot of games in my career. Um, none of them have been in the NFL until today, which is obviously – Noteworthy, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm used to winning. I've won a lot of football games in my life. That's right. All the Washington Husky fans that are excited for the Sugar Bowl are like, damn straight you did. The issue are the numbers. The numbers for them moving forward, that's the issue. They're they're 0-6 in conference, I mean. Or 2-6 and six in conference, two pardon and, me. Two, pardon and me. Six. 2 and 6 in conference. Oh, and four, they're 0-4 yeah. in division. Yeah. Uh, the tiebreakers are not very no good. No bueno. But the, what, they, they do have one over the Bills, which may come in handy at some point. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's got them 10th over the 11th place Bills. The Broncos are sitting above all of them. You know, because the Broncos. 3-5 and five in conference. As we know. Oh, the, uh, the uh, Bengals are? Broncos. The Broncos are right. Yeah, so. that's why they're yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. And they've also beaten the Bills. So that's why they were ahead of the Bengals and the, the the Bengals and the Broncos take care of the Bills. Anyway, long story short is there's a long way to go, but um, if they win out, there's a shot. And you could sit here and say, good luck winning out. Well, Cincinnati's next game is home against Indianapolis, one of the teams they have to be in front of. So they could get that tie break taken care of like that. Minnesota at home, that's the first game of the NFL Network triple header. I'll be doing the... Steelers at Colts after that game. And then they have the Steelers at home. And Cleveland, they visit them. Those are the two teams that have beaten them already in division, but they haven't played them again. We'll see what happens there. And then they got to go to Kansas City. There's a, Stranger things have happened, including Jake Browning going 32 of 37 against the Jaguars, D. That is pretty damn good. Josh Allen is one of the best defensive players in the sport Period. And there's a ton of guys you've never heard of who go from sideline to sideline, buzzing all over the place, and he buzzsawed them last night. Jake Browning, man. Love it. And again, it's unfortunate that they're not making the playoffs because there's a group of people who say, yeah, is the backup. Except that's never uh, happened because it's the NFL. And uh, 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 
So it's not the same. Uh, yeah. I know there's an apple and there's an orange, but the concept the is the like same. Apple, Sorry, you're not locks. good because it's your backup. We don't trust you. Right and the one, the, the one game that the kid who was the backup, he gets concussed. He doesn't even get another shot. We'll just take care of you. We'll just remove you. We all love Josh Dobbs, too, and then we saw how he looked. I know. Well, that's just one game. Maybe he's going to come back. Never know. Unlikely. Hey, what if, what the Raiders game. Dobbs that one good game he had. The Raiders <laughs> game that the Eagles won that Chris Long pushed back to take your side of this whole point with me saying that the college football playoff committee would have eliminated the Eagles. They won the Super Bowl because they lost their MVP quarterback. They, they won that game. They looked terrible in that game. And that's exactly why they were underdogs every game during their stretch that they won the Super Bowl and beating Tom freaking Brady with Foles. So I'm just saying, you don't know. You don't. You don't know. And we're going to discuss this a little bit later on, a little bit more amongst us. Tomorrow's Bruce Feldman. We'll have another conversation with him on that. Jerry Jones has chimed in on the subject matter, or at least up, he was asked about it in his <laughs> media availability today. His answer is, shall we say, classic Jerry Jones. I don't have the patience to jack with you today. I would not move, all right, if I were you. Uh, on this program, David Sampson is going to join us. The Sampson. former Miami Marlin front office executive. Was he Florida Marlin at the time? But Florida it looks Marlin. like Otani's in play like right now. For a, for the Marlins? For, no, for a bunch of people. Oh. No, but for all of us to finally get the yeah, answer. Absolutely. And this so, week it's going down. So we need to talk with him. We will call him or Zoom with him. Sam Amick chatted with James Harden. No. Oh. And I will ask Sam the question because he was talking to, uh, to, to James saying, you know, a lot of people don't know you. He goes, that's right. A lot of people don't me. I'm one of them. <laughs> I'd like to know who is James Harden, please. Can somebody tell me? He's a man. He said he was taking care of his family well, by making this business decision because it's real money that he was promised a max contract by Daryl Morey. He's finally filling in some blanks. Meanwhile, there's Tyrese Halliburton raising his hand and saying, Brock Purdy's not the only dominant Iowa State athlete out there right now. Low key. So there's that. And Zion has moved on as well in the um, – the in-season mm-hmm. tournament that's moving on with the Knicks and the Bucks this evening. So there's lots to talk about. 844-204-RICH. There's overreaction Monday on Tuesday, the segment. There's also coming up a top five list of, of the top five NFL teams, I believe, will crash the playoff party. Oh. Albert Breer is joining us next Breer. with the latest on everything. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, o o o O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, 
helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the show, Albert Breer is going to join us in a second um, here. Um, just real quick, we were talking off the air. I don't think Joe Buck and Troy Aikman have ever been better. They're as better as they, they, they're – I really love listening to them on uh, yeah, Monday I, night. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, and I'll be, like, I love the Manning cast, but I haven't I, – I, I'm, I'm watching Joe and, and Troy um, almost exclusively. And, and the broadcast, I, I'm, I'm loving it. Lisa Salters too, and she's no, you know how we feel about her in the uh, um, Schuster Eisen household, um, and also their, I don't know their camera work, when they, they had you know Jamar Chase in overtime, could he get a, was he reaching for the first down or his not? Foot was out of bounds. Yeah, I know, but the they had that camera in the pylon, yeah, and they were moving it around. I didn't know, Mike. I didn't know you could move the camera in the pylon around, or they were zooming it's, in. They or, zoom in. It's actually they take the that video. That was and unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you manipulate the actual you saw, camera. You it's saw cool as hell. the first right, down and then pylon, when, yeah, right? Yeah, and yeah, then cool when when Trevor when Browning scored the touchdown on you know on the sneak, they had like six different angles of it, and every one of them was useful. That was awesome. I was a fun game, and one last thing, too. Let's give it up. I thought the officiating, with, with the exception of one phantom five-yard illegal contact penalty at the top of the fourth quarter that gave Jacksonville a fresh know. set of downs. I, I, I thought the hold when Bethard oh, rolled out. I thought, I that, thought was, that was a hold. Oh, no. Yeah, you could see. You could oh, see. I there know. was. I, I don't know. But great I, play by Bethard. Great I, catch honestly, by Ridley. I get it, but I, I thought that was a hold. Yeah. I really did. I thought last night's game was was well officiated. Maybe it's because I bet on the Jaguars. Well, okay, I hear you. But, I mean, again, uh, compared to the night before. Oh, my God. It it's night and day. Night and day. Then there were two night games. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, that's my two cents there. The Rich Eisen Show Radio Network back on the air. Sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk, furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. He's one of our favorites, and I'm not just saying that because he's hearing me introduce him. He is from Sports Illustrated, the author of the MMQB. Our friend Albert Breer is back in the program. How you doing, Albert? Hey, Rich, you going to make me eat it now? Because I no. think this is the first time I've been on since no. Uh, the 25th. No, you know what? I'm taking the high road because that's what <laughs> apparently Ryan Day was doing prior to the game. You know, so I'm taking my cue from him, which yeah. means later on, or we could start this thing off with me blowing a whistle and everybody hopping up and down around me. We could do that if you want. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, I, no? uh, I'm going to move on. 
No. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I got this three games. years in a row like, now. On. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not twenty like it was for you, but it's three years in a row. So I don't. I know have, that. <laughs> I know. That. I don't have much I can say. I guess. But in all seriousness, is is uh, is there any truth to the rumor Ryan Day sniffed around the NFL, or 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 there's zero point yeah, zero there? What do you got for I, me? I I, I don't. I think eventually, like it had happened, um, you know, whether or not it happens now, I, I would doubt it. Um, you know, and I, I think he's always had aspirations of coaching at that level. Obviously he coached for two different teams. His quarterbacks coach for the Eagles and the, and the, uh, and the Niners under Chip Kelly. And so do I think he's got goals of getting there someday? Uh, yeah. I think there is that in the back of his head. If New England offered him the chance to come home, do I think that'd be really hard to turn down? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. Now, I think if New England is not Belichick, I think it'll be Gerard Mayo. So I think that's going to be kind of a moot point anyway. Um, my guess would be he doesn't leave yet. Um, but I think eventually like, it's something that would intrigue him. No, and the only reason why I bring that up is because there was a whole host of transfer portal activity out of Ohio State on uh, on uh, on Monday. And Everywhere. I'm, you know, well, I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's just, like, like This is free agency now, right? This is the free agency month in college what, football right now. You know, you know what's what I mean? crazy about it? Somebody was tell, somebody told me this last year, and I thought this was such an interesting point that I hadn't thought of, right? Okay. That in some of these cases, like kids are putting their names in the transfer portal after year one or year two. And it's not necessarily they want to leave. It's that somebody's telling them that that could touch off a bidding war. And so, like, if you're one of these kids, if you're 18, 19 years old, and you got X amount of money to come to a school in the first place, and now, like, someone's whispering in your ear, oh, yeah, like, if you put your name in the transfer portal, you know, there will be a half dozen schools that will line up with offers for you. I mean, that's a different dynamic now, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, if, if it's just, all right, I'm going to force my school to give me even more money now because – like a bidding war. I mean, it's just, it's so far beyond, <laughs> like I, I like it's so far beyond what I think people had even thought it would be now. Um, it's pretty crazy, you know? And then on the other end of it, I think like there's some, like, I mean, I, I have heard this, like at some schools, like there are broken promises and that's why guys are in the, in the transfer portal, like where there were monetary promises made to kids. And I think one at A&M actually went public with it, right. Where they were promised X amount of money and that money didn't come through. So it's just, it's the Wild West, Rich. It's, it's, it is absolutely the Wild West. Yeah, it's free level. agency. It's a free yep. agency month right now in college football. That's exactly yep. what it is. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's uh, jump in about Trevor Lawrence. Uh, yep. Obviously, we don't know anything concrete right now, but I, I know you and many of your colleagues already start hearing, you know, drum beats or see smoke or or give it, yep. give it a little bit of a, of a heads up. What, what do you know about Trevor Lawrence as you and I are conversing? I cautiously optimistic is the way that um, they put it to me. And I, I don't like, I, I think we always have to be careful until they get the imaging back and they're going through that today mm-hmm. um, the tests and all of that different stuff, but they're cautiously optimistic that he'll be okay. Now, what does this mean for this week against Cleveland? You know, I'm not sure. Obviously now the game's become more critical for the Jaguars because I don't know how many people woke up and look at the standings this morning, but they're only a game ahead of the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. So suddenly the AFC South is hotly contested. Um, but yeah, I, I'd say for right now, like the word you're getting out of there is cautiously optimistic pending the imaging that they should have if they don't have it already later today. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and obviously that would be terrific news. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly, you know, if if it's possible, I mean, 
again, we, you, the, the images were just so striking. And Trey Hendrickson immediately taking a knee right next to him as well. It just was one of those jarring moments where, again, I mean, what can be done about the rash of injuries at quarterback? Is it just a shrug, honestly, where it's just like, I mean, that's the way it is? Him, right? Like, I mean, we joke about that. I don't know. Right? I know, right? But it's just, I, I, mean, it's, I, I don't know. It's This is a trend. It's, it's awful. Albert. It's so it's so it's so weird, you know, Rich, because I'm like everybody else. And um, you know, I grimace when I see some of the flags that are thrown, right? Like there have been some real bad ones this year where it was like a guy is being flagged literally for playing football, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you think about like the other end of it. Well, you know, like the NFL is a business, and the business, the top of the business is the quarterbacks. And it's good. It's good business for the NFL to have their quarterbacks out there. And I, you know, I, that's why you see the flags. That's why you see the fines. And I, you know, I don't know how much further they can go. I mean, the way Trevor was hurt yesterday, it's just football. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing, there was nothing like weird about the way that that one happened. I mean, and we've seen in the past where there's stuff they can legislate, like, you know, when Brady got hurt, you know, 15 right. years ago, right. like right. they banned like lunging when lunging low at a quarterback. Right. So there are, you know, certain plays where you can take these things out. And what do you do about Joe Burrow? You know I mean? Joe Burrow's his wrist popped, you know, like it's just, it's, it, it's a, it's a contact sport. And like the reality is these guys are going to get hurt. And so, you know, I, I, I think, you know, one of the things that these teams are always doing and you continue to do is like you look into the training and the way that the guys are preparing themselves for the season and, you know, what you can do to, you know, put them in a position where they're calloused enough to take it on a week to week basis. You know, all that stuff's obviously constantly being looked at. But as far as the rules go, you know, with what happened with Trevor last uh, last night, like getting stepped on the way he did, I mean, that's just going to happen in football. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. Now the next game is Patriots and Steelers. Yep. Um, and we, you know, we, we've been monitoring the Belichick, if you will, situation all year long. And it's mm-hmm. Zappy versus Trubisky. Now to keep, continue on the conversation we're having about the, the <laughs> lack of starting quarterbacks in this league and the churn at the position. Where are we right now? Is there a situation with Belichick? Because the defense is crushing it, balling out. <laughs> you know, honestly, there, this is, and that's his, if you will, side of the ball. I mean, is is this truly just playing out the string, or or is there a way to maybe come up with a construct similar to, all right, Bill, you're getting an OC, and then all right, Bill, you're getting another grocery shopper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what, so, what do you have for me on that? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, well, there there are two people who know, and they both have the last, same last name, you know, and so it's the owner and the team president. And, you know, I, I think, you know, one thing I know about Robert Kraft, having covered him for as long as I have, and, and Jonathan Kraft, too, um, is they won't take a decision like this lightly. And, I, you know, Robert's whole saying has always been measured nine times and cut once. And, um, you know, I think he understands the implications of letting go of a legend because that's what happened three years ago when they let go of Tom Brady. And he saw the result and the fallout of that. And so as a guy who, you know, is up for the Hall of Fame, I think he understands the risks there would be in walking away from Bill Belichick after what happened when he walked away from Tom Brady and walking away from Tom Brady without any compensation, you know, so 
you know, I, I think that there's a couple of roads he can take here. Um, he can try to get compensation for him if uh, if this is it. And he can go talk to him and he can say, I want this to be elegant the way that we have our separation. And I don't want this to be acrimonious. And I want to do this the right way. And if he does that, he risks Bill saying, well, I want to still coach and go somewhere else. So I like, I don't want that team giving up a first round pick that I could use on a player or a second round pick on a, I could use on a player. So Bill could sit there and force him to fire him. Right. So that's one thing he could do. Um, he could just outright fire him, which I don't think is the path that he wants to take. And the other path would be the one that you're talking about, which would be like forcing a GM on him or changing the structure of the organization. And, um, you know, like that one I think is interesting because, you know, Bill has contractually power over a lot of these things. And so that's, you know, another one where you risk losing him. Now, I guess if you kind of want to workshop that in your own head, you can say, Robert, what Robert could do is he could say, all right, we're going to hire this GM, you know, John Robinson, say, who worked in the New England organization for years and years and years, was the Titans GM, hire John Robinson and say to Bill, all right, so you know what, like, you're not going to report to John Robinson, Bill, but he isn't going to report to you either. You're both going to report to me. And then you see how Bill takes that. And if Bill walks away at that point, at least maybe you have the safe harbor of saying, mm. like, I didn't fire him. Like, I just set the place up differently and tried to address a problem, and he walked. Um, so, like, I just – I don't see them coming out of this without changes. And I think it's either Bill's gone or Robert is imposing some level of change on Bill, and then it's up to Bill what he wants to do. Um, this has potential to get awfully awkward. Albert Breer here on the Rich Eisen Show. And and then there's the Steelers coming yep. off of a dreadful home loss to Arizona. On the uh, previous show, Albert, I pointed out that's what got Mike McCarthy got in Green Bay, right? After yep. a long time, sorry, you know, we know you got a trophy in the case. You've been here a while. Things aren't going uh, as well anymore or as consistently great as they used to be. You lost to Arizona at home. Fans want you out. And is there, I mean, is there any chance? Because Steeler fans are just beating yeah. drums about getting rid of Tomlin. I, every single time I hear that, I come back here, Albert, and I'm like, you're out of your minds, okay? Yep. And then my Twitter feed right now, and I know that shouldn't be a metric, it's lit with Steeler fans saying, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, we used to be in the AFC championship game every four years. It's now been 12, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So what do you, what do you, what do you give me on the temperature well, there? Is I, there, is I, would there agree, I would agree with you. I would agree with you that Twitter is the wrong place to. Exactly. Or <laughs> X. Right. The factory of negativity. But it's like, it's so. nonstop. I mean, it's, it's, it's truly, and I'm, I might get yeah. some phone calls today too. From, yeah, from, I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think they'd fire Tom. Um, let's, let's let's start there. Right. I, but I. But I. But I do think. Like I mean, look. Like the Rooneys are there every day. Like this is their family business, and they're in there every day, and they understand the ins and outs of the way things work in their organization. So for there to be a midseason firing of an offensive coordinator is, I mean, antithetical to the way that they've run their business over the last fifty years. And I think it was the first time a coach has been fired in midseason since the 40s. Was that the number, right? I think it was Burt Bell in 1941 or yeah, something yeah, right. like yep. that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Uh -huh. So so I think, you know, part of this is going to be Mike Tomlin having a good plan 
to modernize where the Steelers are offensively. And remember, like his first two offensive coordinators, one he inherited, that was Bruce Arians, and the other one was Todd Haley, who did a really good job there on balance over over seven years. And Todd was sort of a Steeler legacy. You know, his dad was the guy who built the rosters in the 70s. So in both cases, it was sort of somebody that 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 Mike Tomlin inherited. So what's happened since then hasn't been good on the offensive side of the ball, whether you know, you're going back to hiring, you know, Roethlisberger's buddy as your offensive coordinator to going to Mike Canada, going from Randy Fickner to Mike Canada, Matt Canada, and then going from Matt Canada now. And we'll see how this works out with Faulkner and Sullivan. I, I think a big part of where they're going is like, okay, so we we need we need a plan for modernizing the offense and we need a plan for developing the quarterback because if you look at the roster, Rich, they've got a lot of a lot of good things going on in that roster. And I think you could make an argument that if they had, say, a top 25% quarterback, and that's a big ask to have a top eight quarterback if you go down the the names, right? But if they had a top 25 in the league, 25% in the league quarterback, a top eight quarterback, they'd be a real Super Bowl contender right now. And so I think that that's where some of the urgency is coming from. And I think having that plan to modernize the offense and develop their next quarterback is is going to be a, an important piece of the conversation um, you know, when Mike sits down with the Roonies at the end of the year. All right, last one for you. Let's talk about quarterbacks being developed coming up. Mm-hmm. The Heisman Trophy um, finalists that have been mentioned, three quarterbacks, yep. none of them Caleb Williams, and then a very well-deserved spot for Marvin Harrison Jr. Period, yep. end of story, okay? But um, I don't think anybody here that I've spoken to believes in Caleb Williams that it's a game-time decision on January 15th. Everybody no. believes he he's gone. Okay. Yep. And it, by January 15th, though, you know, it's entirely possible he will not know who he's leaving USC to go play for because the number one overall pick may be in Chicago's hands and it could be Chicago or it could be anybody that makes a deal with Chicago. It right. could be New England. Do we know what his preference is? Are there any conversations that you've been privy to about Caleb Williams and, uh, Anything of that nature that he might no. kind of I play mean, games I, I, here with his 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 eligibility? What do you think? I thought it was ass. I thought it was asinine, like the idea that he would give up that. Because to me, like Rich, what this is all about, and what um, smart people around Caleb Williams will tell him, what this is about is not about the first rookie contract. It's about starting the clock towards a contract that eventually, like when we get there three or four years from now, like could pay you sixty or seventy million dollars a year, mm-hmm. right? Like the one year of delay in getting to that contract, to that second contract, is is massive as far as injury risk, as far as just having that money in your pocket, all of it, you know? So, um, and I would say, I, the way I put it, I don't know if I put it this way with you before, mm-hmm. if you're Caleb Williams, it's better to be Eli Manning than, than, than Peyton Manning. You remember Peyton Manning stayed in school an extra year because maybe he wasn't wild about the idea of going to the Jets. So he stays in school the extra year, winds up with the Colts, right? Eli Manning didn't have a choice. Like he had exhausted his eligibility, but the Eli Manning path was to force your way somewhere, right? I think in this case, if you're Caleb Williams, based on that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in three or four years, it is better to be Eli Manning than Peyton Manning because it's just there's less risk involved. There's no guarantee that a team you like is going to have the number one pick in 2025. It makes no sense. So 
you know, my sense is that Caleb is going to get that advice from somebody. And I think a lot of the noise that's come out since then, and I, I hate to pin this on one person, but a lot of NFL people think it's his dad. And that's going to be what NFL teams are going to be cutting through and assessing Caleb Williams over the next three or four months is like how much of the noise about having equity in the team and, and, and driving yourself to this team or that team or staying in school. If you don't like the team with the number one overall pick, like how much of that's actually coming from the kid. That's something teams are going to be the, the, mm. the teams at the top are going to be digging through on Caleb Williams. And, you know, especially the team that number one, that's going to have to make the choice between Caleb Williams, who is seen as a generational talent. Mm-hmm. Right. And then Drake May, who's considered a guy who would be worthy of going first overall in a lot of drafts. And by the way, I, you talked about the Heisman finalists. Mm-hmm. I would not. I mean, if there's one guy who has a chance to sneak into that stratosphere, I mean, do not sleep on Jaden Daniels. I would just oh, say yeah. that right here, right now. Do not sleep. on. I Jayden think he Daniels. wins it, Albert. I think he wins. I mean, it. I'm not saying about winning the Heisman. Oh, I'm oh, saying you're like, talking about top five next year the draft. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. Like, I mean, the okay. drumbeat, and this started in October for me. You know, I'll check in with these people over the course of, uh, over, over the course of the season. You know, some people that are out on the road at the colleges and are looking at this stuff. You know, every day it's their job to do it. Yeah. You know, it started in October. Like, keep an eye on the LSU kid. Keep an eye on the LSU kid. Like, he's making headway. And so I'm not saying he's going to go in front of Caleb Williams or Drake May. Could it be a conversation for somebody at number two, Drake May or Jaden Daniels? I think that that's certainly in play now. Albert, thanks for the time. Greatly appreciate it. You're the man. We'll do this again very soon. All right. Thanks, Rich. That's Albert Breer. Everybody check him out on Twitter. He's a must follow. Yeah, Jaden Daniels. Um, Shooting up. I know you, you're interested in him. Oh, man. Well, I mean, I was seeing mock drafts, like Albert said, in mid-October. He was top of the second round, yeah. late first round. Not I saw him fifth. Last week. Now, yeah, I know. You know who held him between uh, uh, underneath 100 yards rushing, too, which is tough to do this year? Florida State. Let's take a break right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Florida State. It was week one. That counts. The Texas win over Alabama was week two, and apparently that's why they're ranked third over Alabama preseason. Roll your break. (laughs) Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. What's your favorite Morgan Freeman movie? What's my 
Give him a choice. Favorite Morgan Freeman movie? Shawshank Redemption, Seven, Unforgiven, Driving Miss Daisy, Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. What's your favorite? Those. All of them. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta pick one. I gotta pick one. Gotta pick one. Life's about making decisions, Morgan. Uh, Driving Miss Daisy. Why do you choose that one? So far away from me. Is that right? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't. I, I, I see that character when I look at the movie. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I just see me. You know what I'm saying? Huh? You, yeah. So you became someone else? Uh, well, I, I, I. Wait a minute. Okay. A uh, li- li- bit of a caveat here. Okay. Because um, Clint Eastwood, being one of my favorite directors and acting partners, Million Dollar Baby was pretty good. Well, I mean, you won the Oscar for that one for Million Dollar Baby. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yeah. Although Unforgiven to me, I've been talking about it the last two hours. That's a perfect movie, Morgan. Perfect movie. I, mean, it, I mean, from beginning to end, um, what was it like working with Gene Hackman in that film? And Gene's one of the masters. He's so believable. We had a scene in Unforgiven where he had me tied to the bars in jail mm-hmm. and he was beating me and questioning me and he came up in one scene and whispered in my ear I'm going to ask you some questions same questions that I asked whoever that was and if your answers don't match up I'm going to hurt you I believed him of Morgan Freeman appearances, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our full archive, 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. Um, okay, um, there's been an update from uh, Jacksonville. We'll get to the top of the next hour. Um, for the moment, though, everybody's got an opinion on the college football playoff quartet. Um, you know, and uh, look, I, I know I've been having my fun with, you know, Florida State out, and if there was a committee, then Jacksonville would be out. And Cincinnati would have been out. Everyone would be out. I mean, name anybody that's got a backup quarterback. You, you, you can't play. And I understand, you know, the whole business of, of uh, the, these four making it. I understand. I get it. I just think it's, you know, you're telling a team in a Power 5 conference, hey, 13-0, and 0, you know. And, and, and there's a deep dive on ESPN.com about how they came to this um, – concept and that they they spoke to a member of the committee who said they knew this this would suck going through this endeavor so everybody's got this opinion on what they should have done and what they should do uh jerry jones in his (laughs) weekly 105.3 the fan in the metroplex appearance was asked about this i imagine after you know the whole business of about having a big game on sunday night against the eagles was finally uh handled and back and forth. This is what he had to say. Jerry, did you have any hot take or opinion on the college football playoff committee and whether they got it right or wrong? I didn't. I didn't, and I wouldn't touch that. Uh, <laughs> with, with your with yours. <laughs> I mean, I got a new drop. Is that like the old uh, B. His, Arthur joke? I don't know. With his what? Yeah, with his, that's right. 
<laughs> Jeff, that's a, that's, a, that's a B. Arthur joke. That's it. Yep. Ten uh, foot pole. Yeah. yeah. I guess he's referring to. Yeah. <laughs> was he talking about he wasn't touch with his pen? With I don't know. But uh, I mean, with his pen. His, his, I don't know. Arkansas is not involved. There's no Texas schools that involved that um, you know that could have knocked the Longhorns out. I don't know. With your with yours. I guess the, you know like that right there. <laughs> Um, is, uh, Jerry Jones. I mean, <laughs> can I also just say something here? Uh, in all honesty, you know what's going on right now? I uh, How should Michigan have reacted to Alabama being announced as their opponent? How should they have? Should they have cheered? The opposite, if they the opposite cheered, of what they did. Yeah, well, no, honestly, like what what did they do other than take in the news? They, uh, they t- their reaction was was what? Oh crap! Yeah. No, that's your interpretation no. of it. No, no, that's that's the whole free world except Michigan fans' well, interpretation of it. But how should they have reacted? Great. Let's did go. you hear somebody say "Oh crap"? Did you hear that? Uh, you heard the. Uh, oh. Is that what it was? I mean, so what? What if the, the other way should have been what? Yeah. Then now suddenly, oh, you're disrespecting Alabama. How about, oh, yeah, how about, how about clapping? All right, Alabama, clapping. let's go. Bring it on. There, there are some been, claps. Look, listen to the room. There are some claps. Then it would have been Michigan doesn't fear Alabama. Exactly. Exactly. And if it was Florida State, it'd be like, yeah. Oh, we're disrespecting the opponent. If we're going to look Honestly, at it that way, how you, should uh, how should Michigan have reacted? First off, they're 20 year old kids. So yeah, if, if if I was in that room and it was Florida State, I'd be like, great. This is a much easier game for us. So, again, maybe we should get the sound. There are, I've listened to it over and over and over again yeah. because and all I'm hearing is that, of, oh, is that Michigan's peeing down its leg because they're playing Alabama. Is the general sense of Man, what's being great. Again, I love it. I love it. Let everybody think that we are afraid of Alabama. Oh, and if we come out and say, Oh, we're not afraid of Alabama. Then we're disrespect. Oh, now, now you're asking for it. That's what I'm saying. How should they have reacted? Hey, or, or if it was Florida State, they would have what done the wave? They'd have to like batted beach balls around like it's the Dodgers. You're, you're, you're trying to make light of this, I'm like not. It, like it isn't a real thing. Like that was their reaction. Oh man, oh we're we're in for it now. That's how Is that it really came what off? it sounded like. To yes, you? absolutely. Because that's your sense. That's your read of it. I'm not alone. I know you're not. I'm pushing back. I'm like, what? What should it have been? Could have been. Could have been nothing. But it wasn't. Dead. They're just but reacting. Right. And some of them are clapping, and some of them might have your reaction you're talking about. But it's not the, the general sense of it. I got the sound. Oh boy. You do? Okay, go for it. Play. <laughs> at the foul line and Kawhi comes into the game and, and LeBron goes, oh bleep, now this guy's going to guard me. Well, or you have, honestly, so a team that has been so braggadocious about us versus everybody and hashtag bet. Covering now up because they know they got busted I'm not covering. <laughs> oh my God. Dude. I mean, there could be an argument that Michigan shouldn't be in because their coach was suspended twice and there was a gigantic cheating scandal. So they should not even be in at all. Is that what you're saying? Literally with 40 seconds to go in the I'm hour. I'm saying there could be a case to be made for that. But this, that has nothing to do with what we're discussing, right? How should they have reacted? They're reacting with surprise. To, I don't know why you're getting so mad about this. Because it's a sense that we're afraid. That's what it is. And that we're peeing down our leg. 
And I think that that is a misappropriated view of what there's possibly is in the room. So what I'm saying, how should they have reacted? Okay, I'm just not going to talk anymore about this. No, I'm just saying, how should they have reacted? Just nothing? Yeah, it sounded like they were surprised that it happened. Some might be like, oh, yes. <laughs> and mean, a bunch of them are like clapping, saying, let's go. I, that's the first time so I actually heard it. So 